like many before it and many to come. This one starts with a hangover. A toilet enters the equation around the time my body senses stirrings urgent enough to wake me from my sweaty flop slumber. It's always hot. I don't care if it's minus 12 degrees. When you're feeling nauseated, you're hot and clammy and wish you hadn't done whatever you did to find yourself in this position. At the moment, that's me. Hands firmly placed on either side of the bowl at nine and three. This really isn't part of the alcoholic experience you want to share with others. So when I heard Carla shuffle into the bathroom and move around me to flip on the shower while I was in mid-heave, the act of trying to suppress it while having no chance in hell of doing so made the sounds coming out of me even more gruesome. Real sexy, Horno. Not so bad yourself, Spitunia. This is probably a dumb question. But have you made a list of people you think might not be too happy about you buying that hotel? The shower curtain slid on its rings again and I felt Carla take my dry hand in her wet one and extend my arm so it reached under the spray of the shower head. Water was still hot. I guess that's what she was trying to say and that I should make use of it. I stepped into the shower. When I turned to face the spray, Carla smacked me on the ass before the curtain rings scratched against the rod again, signaling the sudden absence of her naked presence. She clearly wasn't in a mood for a detour from the task at hand, presumably after hearing me puke my guts out. Couldn't say I blamed her. Text message from Carla. Yes, I have a list. I swiped at the ladder that was currently sliding down into my eyes. You do not have permission to touch my phone, Carla. Boundaries. Let's embrace them, shall we? I lathered and rinsed quickly, turning off the shower just as the next alert came. Text message from Carla. If I could talk, you wouldn't be able to control what comes out of my mouth or when it comes. I don't think me getting attacked should equal more power on your end. I don't like being mute any more than you like being blind. But I don't exploit your disability. You exploit mine at every ducking turn. So don't expect me to play nice. I'm not feeling all that nice at the moment. That happened a lot. Phone apparently didn't like the word fuck. So ducks almost always replaced fucks. There were a lot of ducks in Carla's texts. I'm not feeling peachy keen myself these days, buttercup. If I remember correctly, the wife of the hardware store owner is going through those receipts today. We'll stop in after she's had a chance to look at them. I know Price is working the bombs, but I want to keep an eye on him. Lash can keep us up to speed. But in the meantime, let's pull out your list and find out what's going on with the Osceola. Carlo is clicking again. I reached toward the sound and found her double-palming our phones. I grabbed the nearest one. Hey, that's horn. Carla grabbed her phone and handed me mine. Text message from Carla. I pulled on my dirty jeans and zipped up slow enough to make Carla groan. The shirt took longer than it should have, but not intentionally. 
had to set the phone down to button up the flannel I knew I'd need under my jacket if we were going to be traipsing around town all day. Carla, being about 15 years younger than me, often forgets that old men can't move around the world at the speed of a hyperactive gerbil. I also had the sneaking suspicion that a few of my organs were beginning that slow revolt that Carla had repeatedly warned me about. My shit was darker than it should be, possibly indicating blood, and I was feeling even more shitty than usual. This was, however, not something I planned to share with Carla. When I felt I'd tortured her enough, I tapped the screen. I also have a list of people I want to talk to about the Reynolds case. You want me to square you around where you need to go, that's fine. Then it's my turn. I need your mouth. Carla, at some point we need to have a discussion around taking a case or two that'll bring in some money. It's all fun and games until the duffel bag runs dry. These sidetracking fancies of yours are starting to get in the way of me making a living. The duffel bag to which I referred contained what was left of the embezzled money her ex had hidden, which Carla found, then summarily began to sprinkle around, hither and thither. Text message from Carla. Damn. Us making a living, you mean? I know you are loath to categorize what we are as us, or we. But at some point, I think we need to have a discussion around that, Morno. Uh, that was a discussion I had no desire to have because there would never be an us or we in any sense, conventional or otherwise. So I instantly made peace with visiting as many people as Carla could yank me by the elbow to and from. I planned to keep her busy until she had enough time to realize it was not a conversation from which she would get any sort of tolerable response. Or maybe she does know and wants a confrontation. I've given up trying to figure it out. Carla and I, we're like magnets. Try to put them together one way and they repel. Try it another way and it's hard to pull them apart. When we got downstairs, Lola ushered us to a table and brought us breakfast. Well, she brought me breakfast. Sort of a generic Egg McMuffin deal. I have no idea what Carla's slurping. This is ridiculous. Give me that. Hmm. I took a bite of the mech whatever and barely got it down. Food wasn't a viable option today. I activated your voice narration, Carla. Just type what you want and the phone's gonna read it out loud, just like Morneau's does. Son of a bitch. You just slid right to the top of my shit list, Lola. Don't be an ass, Morno. All that texting back and forth is ridiculous. You two look absurd. She shouldn't have to wait for you to accept her text alerts. It's not Carla's fault she can't talk. Yeah. Huh. Ow. It's not my fault I can't see, Lola. But I can't flip a button and get immediate access to my eyesight. Now can I? Sweetie, turn off your keystrokes. So that's what this is about. You're punishing me because I have a tool available to me that is not at your disposal? When did this become a contest to you? I'll let you two fight it out from here. Shirley's gonna be in tonight and she's making more of that fried chicken that you liked, Morno. Why don't you stop in later and say hello? She thinks you two are avoiding her. I am. As much as a blind man can dodge a bullet that he can't see. Not sure I have enough words put together for Trudy's mom just yet. Well, how about, hey Shirley, how you doing? 
That'd be a good start, Morno. Lola gave Carla a list of people who'd made serious inquiries about the Osceola Hotel over the years. The list included Jordan Sims, the city attorney, hovering just above Lola on my shit list. And a man everyone called Colonel Hayden, though I'm told he never served his country. And none of the breakfast crowd at the bar could remember why they called him Colonel. It was an odd nickname for someone they all agreed was best described as an eccentric, egg-shaped diabetic. But he wasn't anyone's idea of the killer type. Then there was Ralph Sandrin, who was Marva Sandrin Sims' father, currently at death's door, or thereabouts. Ralph Sandrin was the city manager. At the time, Jill Reynolds was murdered. Technically, he held the position for seven years, until six months before the murder, when he was fired during a city council meeting. Marlene Stott, the city clerk and treasurer, was appointed acting city manager until his replacement could be hired. Since Marlene Stott is the mother of our unsolved murder victim, that one's a little close to the bone. Sometimes what feels like bone is only gristle, though. Carla's a gnar, so I made sure not to twitch while her phone read the background info. Since Sims wrote the shit contract for the shitty building Carla purchased, I decided we'd chat with that piece of shit first. Carla, you're a smart cookie. So I assume you know bringing Jolene into the conversation would be unwise. Carla didn't have a chance to stifle any urges. It was the first thing out of Sim's mouth once we got to his office. Steven says you drove Jolene up to Ionia. We did. That's one nasty piece of work. You and the missus must be very proud. You want to tell me what my son had to say? Nope. Why is that? I could smell his cigarette, so I foraged around in my coat pocket and pulled out a cigar that I hadn't got far on yesterday. I don't like you, Sims. You screwed my assistant, probably because the seller wouldn't meet whoever's terms were being considered this week. If I were a betting man, I'd say the seller wanted anyone but the plant to have that space. And the city didn't want it going to anyone except the plant. Then, an outsider comes in and yanks it out from under all you greedy bastards. That's sublime in a way that I'm gratified to play even a small part in. What are your plans for the space, Miss Danning? Don't you worry about what your plans are. It isn't any of your goddamn business what I plan to do with the property. I tuned out because the topic was a fresh irritant. It wasn't until she asked about blood at the crime scene that my ears perked up. I guess Sims was on Carla's list for the Reynolds case, too. There's nothing I can tell you about that case, Mrs. Danny. You're not the first person who's come into town suddenly interested in an old murder that has nothing to do with you. We've had two of those true crime shows come through in the years I've been doing this. Every five years or so, the local paper does a story. People start talking about it. Then it dies down again. Cops probably don't have enough evidence. It happens. Some of them you just have to write off. I puffed on my cigar and waited for what I knew was coming. 
Listen to me, you son of a bitch. You and I are about to become best friends. You are going to get me any and all documents I would otherwise have to fill out record requests for and you're going to do it in a melly ducking manner. You are going to do these things, and many more, with a goddamn smile on your face and a mother ducking song in your child molester heart. Do you hear me? I could actually hear his pupils dilate. You so much as suggest I have done any Sims, I'm going to stop you right there. I suggest you think carefully before you open your frothy gob again. Because we've got a recorded conversation that makes it painfully clear the apple doesn't fall far from the asshole. The content of said chat between that reptilian son of yours and Jolene painted a picture that negates any possibility of me giving a shit about what you want. I don't like cozying up to reptiles. It makes me feel yucky. But if that's what it takes to get what I need, I'll stock up on antibacterial soap. Keep circling the wagons around defamation and your life will become uncomfortable real quick. There's a lot to be said for small town justice, isn't there? Some of it is best meted out behind the scenes. Before we clomped back down the stairs, Carla's handheld chipmunk rattled off a list of items she required from Sims. The list included, but was most certainly not limited to, an arrest report and jail intake report. Another year's worth of city council meeting minutes, this time for the current year. The Michigan State Police report on the Jill Reynolds investigation, including crime scene photos and copies of tax roll pages I knew to be archived in the basement of the clerk's office and would have to be lugged upstairs in thick volumes, then copied on a special printer that accommodated longer than the standard 8.5 by 11 page. Carla later told me that she already had a third of the shit she'd requested. She just wanted to jerk him around a little. It is with great regret that I cannot report every single detail of the displeased expression which must have claimed his face where it would likely reside for the better part of the afternoon. One does not swiftly recover from Carla's tender ministrations. Her aftertaste tends to linger a little longer than the combination of her perfume and sarcastic wit. Speaking of which, I noticed the scent of indignation wafting muskily off Sims. Clearly, the man is one of those food sweaters. By scent alone, I can pin his breakfast down to three eggs, a half pound of fried potatoes, and either three or four links of sausage with a side of bacon. Only the fourth sausage link is in question. You can take the rest to the bank. The arrest report Carla requested was on the cop that assaulted two people at the local bar a month before the murder. Why are you making that movement with your arm? I heard he was wearing a sling that day and that he took his frustrations out on the booking window the Stop. night of the... You two are killing me. You're talking about two different incidents. So the cop who got in the bar fight was also at the Reynolds crime scene. How far apart were these incidents? About a month. He was in street clothes the day of the murder. That's what I heard. A lot of them were. I presume they weren't all on duty. Was this a show-and-tell session or what? They all had scanners, so did half the town at the time. No idea who got their win, but I heard they all stood around arguing about who would be investigating and who would be relegated to crowd control. But this guy, the cop, hadn't he been suspended for the bar fight at the time? Not sure what his status was. I know he was officially fired a few weeks after the murder. He shouldn't have been there that day, if that's what you're asking. 
As far as the delay, I think I heard there were some union issues. I have his address. Just a heads up. His disposition can best be described as choleric. This ex-cop went on to become a probation officer for the county in which he was arrested. Yeah, you heard that right. He assaulted multiple people, one of whom was a state trooper, and then went on to become the county probation officer. If he made the right friends, anything that ever existed was destroyed along the way. I scratch your back, maybe provide a light sentencing recommendation, or a heavy one, if your mood so chooses, for an offender you have no particular interest in, and you get rid of some touchy files for me. This is how government works, all the way up to the brass. The result is often some undeserving schmuck becoming a payment in kind. Carla also requested, okay, let's call it what it is, she extorted police reports on the embezzlement in the clerk's office, including the audits for Reed City's books the year of the murder, as well as one year before and after. I can't get all this. That would be unfortunate for you, I mean, in case that wasn't clear. As we exited, he mumbled something about calling a friend over at the sheriff's department to see what she could do. So that's where the clomping came in. All the way down through the creaky oak door at the bottom of the stairs, to the sidewalk, and a burst of refreshing wintry air that blew away the savory funk of attorney I'd been forced to endure. We should see Ralph Sandrin next. I don't want any more of these duckers dying before I can talk to them. The old gal who worked the register that day is also dead. Gertrude was her name. Carla's chipmunk had a point. Too many of the major players in the Reynolds case were already dead, including the police chief at the time of the murder and the first responding officer. We got to the car and Carla appeared to know exactly where our next destination was located, even though it had just been decided upon. She's usually six or seven moves ahead of me, and most of her actions in between are in preparation for her next one. The hum of the car set against the silence of my assistant told me she had her hands at ten and two. With no chipmunk narration and my window rolled down halfway to stave off the nausea, the muddled fuzz that is my dirty window to the world slid by. It was quiet, blissful even, until Carla slammed on her brakes and I got a taste of the dashboard. What's happening? If she'd responded aloud, she would have had the good sense to whisper, one would hope. Unfortunately, the chipmunk in her phone did not. She's short. The cop walking toward us. Like, how'd she make it through basic training snort? Short. Fuck. What, like a midget? I used my outside voice because I found the idea of a mini-cop wildly appealing. Carla is five foot nothing. So her saying this gal was small piqued my curiosity in a way that is normally relegated to the playground at an elementary school. When Carla dug her nails into my wrist, I understood the diminutive officer in question was close enough to hear my blight against her stature. That's one. We hit three and I make sure every cop in the county knows you have a tendency towards speeding, which you were just doing. Cops are pulling drivers over on foot now? You guys trying to save money on gas? I was crossing the street. Probably not the smartest idea to text and drive as you pass the sheriff's office. Oh, beautiful. 
I felt around wildly, grabbing Carla's phone from her hand and chucked it out my window. Carla's door opened and I heard her clamor out amid the repetitive ding-ding that only assisted the clamor in being more clamory sounding. I valiantly fought the urge to jump out of the car and beat my assistant with my fuckstick right in the middle of Upton Street in front of the county sheriff's office, where she'd almost run over one of their finest while jabbing at her phone. What the hell? I yanked my fuckstick out amid a clatter of intentional contact with her vehicle. I heard Carla stomping through the crispy snow that was probably piled at the curb, obviously looking for her phone. There was grunting and groaning and squealing and, no doubt, vast amounts of saliva, but she found it, based on the chipmunk now regaling me with salty expletives. Hey, fuckhead. You want me to lock off your tongue in your sleeve? Try that shit again. Get your ducking ass in the car. Someone was chuckling, and clearly it wasn't Carla. So I assumed the tiny lady cop was being entertained at my expense. Well, good for her. Glad someone's enjoying themselves, because it sure as shit isn't me. I'm the dumbass standing in the middle of the street in front of the cop shop being told to get his ducking ass in the car. Remember that knuckle wrap on my forehead? Remember me telling you how Carla goes too far? Well, here we are. Again. I think I'll take a walk, get some air, have a few beers. Officer, I suggest a hefty fine. Driving while texting is an unfortunate habit. One my assistant appears to need some assistance braking. I was already walking. Got a good pace going before the chipmunk chipped from some distance behind me. Don't you dare. I'll come over there and wipe that shitting grin right off your goddamn fact face. I stopped in my tracks, still facing away from her. Buttercup, having a shit-eating grin implies a hint of amusement. I assure you, I am not amused. I started walking and kept at it, breath getting thicker in my lungs, nostril hair freezing, mood nowhere near people-friendly. But she was behind me. Of course she was. Where else would she be? I'm sorry. I was googling a map to find the Sandrin place. Silence is difficult to maintain when you're impatient and pissed as hell. I suspect there would be more deaths by flailing if everyone had to communicate this way. Where's the cop? She's gone, but she's the person Sims wants me to talk to about the paperwork. That's why she was coming out as we were driving by. She gave me her number. 
This town is too small, and this situation has become untenable. The murder case, the bombs, my eyes, your phone, most of what's coming out of your mouth, it's screwing with my normally well-balanced worldview. I need a drink. Yeah, you're the most balanced person I know. How come you're still clicking? I thought Lola showed you how to turn it off when she activated the text-to-speech. I put it back on so you'd know when I was typing. Never assume because a man has no eyes, he cannot see. I can't decipher your pithy ramblings. You are close to snatching the pebble from my palm, grasshopper. I'm close to snatching something, but it doesn't involve a pebble, Master Khan. Damn it. See, that's how she does it. That right there. I can be at full boil, but then she gets a convoluted kung fu reference, and the flame instantly dims to simmer. Carla, I'm too old to be this irritated on a daily basis. Or no, let me make something perfectly clear so we never have to address it again. I will never take the goddamn pebble from your hand, so you might as well SCK it in your shoe for safekeeping. Or you can shove it up your ass. Either way, I'm your ducking pebble. Like Chester in Gunsmoke, as played by Dennis Weaver. Became famous by putting a pebble in his shoe to mimic a man with a limp. It was the capstone of his career. So basically I'm the capstone in the shoe that is your life, but in my mind only. At this rate, my deathbed confession is gonna be real ducking Xing. I don't know about you, but to me that sounds like Carla wants to hear something I'm not in the mood to say. And what am I supposed to say anyway? That she's a pebble? That her presence is pervasive and often chafing? That I could no sooner overlook her presence than I could a 2 by 4 to the forehead? I opted for none of the above. And I'd like extra credit for that. No more talking, Carla. Put the phone in your pocket. Let's go see Sandrin. Don't take it out until we're on his doorstep. Are we clear? Okay. She made it until the ignition was off. And I can now attest to the fact that silence is, in fact, golden. It's a nice house. I grabbed her phone and held it up between us. I need you to understand something. I hate this thing. There do not exist enough letters, syllables, or words in the English language to adequately convey my odium in its regard. Shut it off. Do whatever needs doing to make the goddamn thing read your words after you have finished typing and run it through spell check to fix the countless autocorrect mishaps. Carla took her phone out of my hand and I assumed was trying to figure out how to get her phone to meet my current needs. I sat in silence. A lot of it. 
Suddenly, I missed the clicks. Do you like me, more known? Right now or in general? Mm. You typing? Without the stunted chipmunk narration, I'm just an idiot sitting here waiting for the next sensory barb. More silence. Then my passive-aggressive raven replied. Never mind. You typing? Mm-hmm. Turn the damn clicks back on. Find out what you want about the Osceola, then I want to know about the Reynolds murder. Apparently, I can't do anything without pissing you off. So, here's the drill on Sandrin. He wasn't one of the good old boys, wasn't born in Reed City. In the middle of a meeting in 1982, the guy is fired. Something about business owners complaining. I'm told he was a drinker. The city hired him back as manager a couple years later. Apparently, he had something they needed. The deal he cut had him living in Costa Rica half the year and running the city via assistant long distance. But what Elia when he walked out in a huff in 1982 was an embezzlement, scandal brewing in the clerk's office, and a city that was over $80,000 in debt. The new guy probably had no idea the shit he was stepping into. He was only there a few months before Jill Reynolds was killed. Most of this shit you're dredging up probably has nothing to do with the murder, Carla. They just might not have enough to bring in a suspect. But here you are, with a bulldozer, getting the natives restless. And God knows what they've got going on, or had going on back then. What's the game plan here? Do you want to solve the 30-year-old murder, or dig up 30 years worth of local corruption? I didn't have to wait for the chipmunk's response. I already knew what was coming. Well, obviously both. Music? by Blue Dot Sessions.